home favourites and pick to win by almost all of the Irish NFL show crew. If that isn't an omen for an impending Monday night football loss, then I don't know what is. And last night, it was the turn of the Colts to prove once more that form is temporary in the NFL this season. Welcome back to another Monday Night Football recap, everyone. I'm your host, Mark Hogan, joined by Brian O'Leary. Brian, the meeting of a couple of doomed teams, really, and one for those that are looking to 2023. That's all I can say. I did say on the show last night when we were kicking off, sorry, when we were in, when we were closing the route, Mark, that I felt that the Colts weren't down of it. In terms of a playoff run, I'd probably been a bit deluded when I said it. Like I, I essentially looked at the the scenario where if they were to win last night, go five, six, and one, potentially be maybe a game and a half out of the wild card position, and um, maybe a slight bit of momentum building with Jeff Saturday. Once I don't think he's taking full ownership, there's other people there in the background, uh, people with uh, experience in the NFL who I think are guiding him. Um, and we'll probably get into some decisions within the game last night as to what, what was ill advised and what wasn't. But um, look, it's gone against what I expected. I do think the culture would win. I, I I've been quite impressed with Kenny Pickett over the past one. I think he's starting to gradually get his head around what is, what's involved in the quarterback in the NFL. But uh, Mark did suggest last night Mike Tomlin versus versus Saturday and all the other Colts people, he'd go with Mike Tomlin in the other day because whilst they haven't got the greatest of players available to him, he's still a great coach and knows how to win games when, when not expected, I guess. Yeah, I suppose we might as well start there because, like I said, it's looking to the future otherwise, and that's how we're going to kind of look at the Steelers. But like like you said, the Colts going into the game last night, as strange as it was, it felt, it felt like one of them or the Raiders were going to be able to make a push this year. Like when I put out my power rankings last year so, or last week, someone got back to me being like, how can you have the Colts solo down? They're clearly better than the Raiders. And I suppose my hunch was always to side with the Raiders, but I understood completely because last week in particular, we saw Jonathan Taylor rounding back into form. We were coming into the whole Matt Ryan 2.0 that like he's he'd given up his chance. He's back in the game. And what can they do with this? But I suppose last night, like the goose is cooked now. They're three games behind the Titans themselves and the Jags are four and seven in the division. Like the playoffs seem to be getting away from them. And it is a strange kind of 24 hours here that like we've just completely burst the balloon on the Colts. Yeah, because they, whilst they lost last week against the Eagles and I picked them to beat the Eagles last week, um, we had a quite a precarious conversation on the show around whether it was unjust in terms of uh, Jeff Sartre being brought in and you know if the feelings are out there within the NFL that he shouldn't have been given the opportunity. They did go win their first game against the Raiders and they are quite close to beating the Eagles last week. You know, they, they had a they had been a little bit more aggressive towards the end. Instead of settling for a field goal, they may have won the game. Obviously, they took Eagles a last a last minute touchdown essentially to get over the line. And I thought was that was a difficult defeat. They were playing against Argentina the number one seed from the NFC and momentum was building for them to go out last night and put out another put out another good performance and get a win. But what we saw in the first half in particular was they couldn't move the ball whatsoever. Uh, the Steelers defense played or a defense that's been up and down throughout the course of the season still have some very good players. They couldn't move the ball on the Steelers. Um, Jonathan Taylor still had a good game. But yeah, you're right. I mean, what are 24 hours where you think Colts potentially could find their way back into the conversation? Essentially, that's been put to, put to bed now. And I guess it's really about assessing what players they have there. Because, you know, it's difficult. They've had, I think, something in the region of five to six quarterbacks over the course of the last seven years. And like, let's be fair, whoever comes in next year as head coach, in all likelihood, would look to bring in his own guy, whether it's through free agency or potentially a draft pick for a quarterback. I mean, 
it's just it's just like another conveyor belt of another quarterback potentially moving on. And uh, they're in no man's land, really. I, it's very, even if I was a Colts fan, I'd be very frustrated because there's been so many positives over the last few years. You think they're going to make a push. We all felt that they were going to challenge the Titans. Hasn't come to in the past this year. Um, they're one of those teams where I don't know where to go from here. Yeah, like, I don't know where the regression for the defense has come because, yeah, like, the likes of Shaq Leonard are injured now and that. But, like, they did have the eight All-Pros last year. And everyone said that, how can you go... To the uh, how can you miss out in the playoffs having gotten the eight all pros they did have that end to last year that we were kind of wondering can they go what was it six and two to finish the year and barely obviously lose that game against the Jags last year to miss out on the playoffs but there is just so much up in the air because like look the writing was on the wall with the offensive or sorry the offense as a whole I thought this year because like they said Paris Campbell was going to step up. Like, that was it. He was going to step up in the story because the offensive line was going to protect Matt Ryan and because he had a quarterback now that was going to throw to him, that automatically Jonathan Taylor was going to be the focal point. But, like, you know, they've been hanging on... They hung on to T.Y. Hilton for too many years, probably. And then Paris Campbell, like, when the game t- came down to it and they threw to him at the end, he couldn't hold on. So it's like there's just a lot of small holes but like that doesn't help you out because like you're saying you're left in no man's land because they've kind of gone beyond maybe being able to get one of the top quarterback prospects in the draft and we're going to talk about that in a little bit with the Steelers so I'll I'll press pause on that because I know that's going to be a narrative that we're going to talk about too much now in the offseason whatever happens but like I suppose it is where noting what Matt Ryan did again last night. It's like, yeah, he doesn't really have a future in the NFL anymore. He's certainly not Matty Ice. I mean, this game came down to the Steelers scoring with what, nine and a half minutes to go. The Colts did get the ball back twice. The first was a three and out. The second time when they looked like they were, you know, they obviously had to score at this point. Matt Ryan had like, a, whatever it was, a 15-yard uh, fumble that should have really been given up. And they did recover it, but I suppose everyone's complaining about, you know, Jeff Saturday, but how he controlled the final drive is, you know, the the storyline is that he didn't take timeouts. So he had two timeouts in that final drive. Um, At the very worst, he could have taken one just to give his offense a breather and kind of collect themselves. But at the kind of the worst, worst way to look at it is that Matt Ryan was forced into a scramble on one of the plays and he didn't take a timeout after that. Like, you know, your quarterback's tired, 25 seconds run out off. And then the play call afterwards was to run it with Jonathan Taylor and everyone's screaming their heads off. Just like, just, just take the timeout and, you know, reassess and see where you're at. So I suppose when it comes to Jeff Saturday, the honeymoon period is clearly over. This obviously isn't why he was put in charge. You know, there was a crazy press conference. And even since we were told that we were wrong, we were wrong to get it on Jeff or, to get on top of Jeff Saturday, but his control of the game, I suppose like at least you're able to forgive that as a Colts fan, because you don't expect him to be around next year. No, but I, but I look at that from the point of view, I refer to it at the start in terms of, you know, potential dubious cause. And you've seen, you've, you've alluded to it there in terms of that last particular drive. I mean, there is people that were experienced coaching in the league within the organization there. And it was quite surprised that some of them were to keep putting the position because Bradley's there. I know he's defensive orientated and, John Fox there, like, there is guys there that you would expect to be leaning on, despite the fact that it's an offensive drive, to be kind of saying, you know, you'd be advised here to take a touch, uh, sorry, take a time out. And I understand that you're like you're saying, well, given the defensive breeder, I think there's a mindset maybe he didn't want to give the Steelers defensive breeder, and he felt he had them on 
you know, they were off kilter and it was an opportunity to to drive down and I suppose keep them on the field for as long as possible whilst not giving them a break. But uh, look, it didn't it didn't materialise in terms of anything what we would expect it from a functioning team or an offence with a, a, a guy to control is calling players that essentially understands how to go down and win games. I mean, we saw at the weekend, um, and again, I have, like, I've called it my my thoughts on Staley, you know, but he found a way to get the charges down, you know, with the time frame, work the clock, use that time out essentially at the end. Saw similar with, with Trevor Lawrence and Doug Peterson, experienced head coach. To me, that was where he was lacking in that particular drive. He needed someone there with a bit of experience just to kind of guide him, you know, in terms of putting themselves in a position to win the game. Yeah, you're right about Paris Campbell. There's other players there as well. Like Pittman really hasn't stepped up to the play. Second year wide receiver. We saw sparks of him last year. The bright spot was Pierce, the wide receiver that they brought in. He seemed to kind of tailed off a little bit recently in terms of his production. So it looked like they had players there. And, and obviously, compliment by Jonathan Taylor coming back from injury. Some good tight ends like Ali Cox and guys. Like they have players there. Just for whatever reason, it's just not right. And unfortunately for Matt Ryan, he is going to be the fall guy come the end of the season. Um, there was obviously a question mark. Um, was it the Falcons and the difficulties which they've had over the last four to five years or was it Matt Ryan that they didn't really have a very secure offensive line everybody felt Matt Ryan was put in a position I mean when Matt Ryan was traded like if you recall the offseason I know we're kind of going back quite a while but when he was traded on that day I don't think there's any NFL fan that didn't see that as a really good move and smart move for the Colts bearing in mind what they'd done with Carson Wentz and we talk about Super Bowl hangovers and teams you know took the Bengals a while to get going this season are they still suffering from that week 17, week 18, sorry, hangover last year where essentially looked like it was a lock that they could win to Jacksonville, win that game? They've never really recovered properly from that game. Like the offensive line that was so secure last year was so beaten up in that game and the offensive line has just literally come into this season and I know they've had a series of injuries, just hasn't looked the same. For an offensive line, which is one of the most expensive paid in the league, highly paid in the league, just hasn't put together any consistency whatsoever. Yeah, no, and I think it's such a fair point because like going into the season, you can't build an offensive line any better than that. Like, yeah, there is injuries to it, and then you have to go to depth. But like when you're talking about the starting five and putting Matt Ryan behind that, like you can't ask for much better. And what you can clearly see is Matt Ryan last night is not comfortable buying the offensive line. And it's that kind of split second extra that he's kind of doubtful that he ends up taking the sack. Like three sacks yesterday in that almost fumble. So like that's what makes it difficult because we've been ranting and raving and praising this offensive line for so long that like I can't really use it as an excuse that they got injuries. Every single team has got injuries. Like you can point to our own teams and we'll be able to talk about like every team feels hard done by when it comes to the offensive line. Um, it is also up to the quarterback to be able to put his players like they say the best quarterbacks are able to tell his you know offensive line the exact protection that they, they need. So it's like that's why. Um, Drew Brees that's why he had so many all pros in front of him it wasn't just down to their talent it was that he was so good at putting them in a position to win you did just mention uh, Brandon Staley there though and I think it's funny the honeymoon period is over like I said with Jeff Saturday but the one thing that you can almost see is that firing your coach is worth a win in the next game it's like if the Chargers are you know hanging on there for the playoffs do they want to get rid of them a game early just so that they can uh, get in because uh, yeah we're, this isn't a, a chargers review but i definitely thought that he's the next one to go now that you say it i know that you've been on that wagon for a while now but my god like you know talk about an inflated record that the the chargers have he wasn't able to see out the game the other day just like 
Jeff Saturday wasn't able to see out this game last night. And like you said, there is other coaches that proved it can be done, the likes of Doug Peterson. But you mentioned also the Mike Tomlin aspect of this. And when we kind of turn our attention to the Pittsburgh Steelers, like, look, again, it's very easy to kind of talk about the Colts there because if they had won this game, you could say that there was a future in 2022 for them. Now that they've lost, there's not a future. The Steelers, you know, the balloon was already burst well before this, I would have thought. But I think that we have to, you know, take the chances. Well, it's early, but it's all you can do and it's all you can take from this game is looking into Pittsburgh's future. And the defense came into the year as the most expensive defense by a long way. It was hit with injury again. I'm not too sympathetic about too many injuries. But, like, look, it had that awful game, like an awful game against the Eagles. It didn't play well against the Bengals. But I think last night it showed that it's becoming a bit more opportunistic. And if you're like the likes of the the Panthers, the Falcons, whoever else is up in the next few games, it's a defense that I think is going to be a bit better and kind of is just playing that slightly bit, you know, like it should be. Yeah, they have a feeling of like a bend down break type defense where, you know, we're not seeing many explosive plays that they're they're allowing teams to move the ball up and down the field but at critical times get stops and, and you know, hold them to field goals. And that was going to be very evident in the game last week for large parts against the Steelers, also against uh, the Bengals. Like they were, they, they kept in that game until the fourth quarter when I suppose the, the Bengals class took over and, themselves in a position to win the game and um, like that kind of game last night suit that defense you know you're going up against a quarterback that's not mobile they're going to find ways to get to him and if they can't get to him with, with sacks certain pressures as you said matt ryan needing that extra second to get the ball away um i i, I just wanted to turn like i know you it's the offense that's but the kelly picket thing is kind of everybody's such a mixed opinion like i said and i can call him a great on our show when we're doing our season preview i would have started him immediately and there was a lot of people that felt he wasn't worthy of a first round pick, but the reality was he was picked at 20. He's there. Like it's different in a scenario where I, I referred back on the show to the Giants and when Giants had uh Court Warner as the quarterback and they waited around six games in for Eli Manning to come in. Like Court Warner's on 11, he'd won a Super Bowl. Like the Steelers had gone out and got Mr. Bitsky, and like he was the most sought after free agent quarterback. For a guy who didn't do anything in Buffalo, but stand on the sideline and I think he has like seven or eight snaps, you know, in garbage time last year. But yeah, he, he was highly sought after. I never had any confidence that he was going to be putting the Steelers on the map or putting the Steelers in a position to potentially challenge for the division. So why wouldn't you go with your first, first pick quarterback? And they brought him in in weeks five. You know, they probably brought him in a lot earlier than people expected. But I think last night and over the course of the last few games, he still has his credits, he still makes mistakes. But I think we are seeing. You know, there's an opportunity there for him to learn this season. Like, it was a steep learning curve. I, I really recollect the piece where he was coming off the field in Miami on the Sunday Night Football. They'd lost 16-10. And Mike Tom puts his arm around him and said, look, there's better days ahead. And better days ahead for him are similar games like last night. You know, on a prime-time game, Monday Night Football. And he's he's going out, he's going 20 for 28 for 180 yards and two touchdowns. Like, that, you can't argue with that for a first-round first pick. In a game where... Again, they weren't even favourites. So I think the arrow is pointing up right now for, for him and the Steelers. But obviously, there's going to have to be changes there next season, you know, within the offence to allow him to kind of flourish even, even more so than what we're seeing right now. Yeah, it's a really good point that you make because, like, 
Kenny Pickett, look, you can't just point to his intangibles. I know people say that, like, he's strong hard and, you know, he has the locker room, he's a cool guy or whatever. You can't just point to that. I know it, I kind of like to do it. I fall for that trap myself sometimes because I love to do it with Dan Campbell, obviously the head coach of the Lions. You know, his passion has gone across the line. But with Kenny Pickett, I know the whole narrative coming into the season was you don't want to start him straight away because it was a baptism by fire. And it's like, okay, wait for an easier stretch. An easier stretch never really came because no one really anticipated where teams would be this time of year. But like he is growing. I mean, Mason Cole, the center, came out of the game yesterday and was talking about how on the Benny Snell touchdown it was actually um, Kenny Pickett's call to, to to make that play. And it's funny the the quarterback saying that the play to make was to take it out of his hands and put it into the running backs. But he was given that now look it was with nine and a half minutes to go so it's not like they were trusting him with the game on the line but it's good to see that he is at that level that he knows you know he has the feel for the game clearly and that they are you know interacting with him the coaches in a way that is clearly respectful and i would say that he's basically a rich man a, a rich man's ben roethlisberger because the problem was last year and for the last number of years that ben roethlisberger was too slow to operate behind the offensive line and the offensive line i suppose it's it's a I'm not going to say it's talent poor, but like they have enough pieces in Pittsburgh that they can go focus on building a stronger unit. So for the time being, Kenny Pickett is able to operate from behind that. He has precision. He has his decision making. And I kind of think that those are more important than padding the stats with a super deep ball again and again and again. So I think that it leads us to, Brian, this difficult conversation that we're definitely going to be having for the next few weeks, six weeks, they're going to be putting him on trial to see, is he the future? He was the 20th overall pick last year. We see that teams aren't so loyal to, you know, draft positioning anymore. The Steelers could be top, could be picking top five if whoever the Texans don't pick a quarterback, whether it's CJ Stroud or Bryce Young drop. Will they surely are going to still remain that conversation for going for one of those, or can can he pick it just like put up stats that you know maybe they stick with him? I think there'll be more games towards the back end of the season, which will put them in a position where they're just out of they're out of the running. They'll be probably lurking around maybe nine, ten, and in, in the order. I mean, you made a very good point around when was the right time to put him in, and um, whether it's the start of the season and throw him in at the deep end or wait till the middle of the season. But then again, you looked at when he did come in. The first game which he plays when he he came in for Trubisky against the Jets. Now, in fairness to the Jets, they're one of the best defenses consistently throughout the course of the season. The following week, he had to go to Buffalo. So, like, there's the deep, there's the steep learning curve. And he, in fairness, he he did reasonably well in those two games. And now he's coming into a stretch now, as you said, where he's picking up on the offense. He's in a position where Tomlin's trusting him to pick the right. You know, if he sees an audible, he'll he'll call it and he'll change the play. So, I I think we might see a few. I wouldn't say they're gonna cause many shock, but I think there is winnable games on the schedule which will take them out of the picture. And I think it might be actually better share for them to assess the situation throughout the most time, give them a full season. I mean, it's, it's a bit of a knee-jerk reaction. You, you find yourself in, it's probably not 100% comparable because the cards quickly move them on, but you, do you find a scenario where you've got a Kyler Murray, uh, a Rosen scenario? You know, Rosen was selected in the first round, but the cards 12 months later, they're taking Kyler Murray at number one. I know it's a very different, different scenario, different GMs and stuff. But if they were to bring a quarterback in, you're then you're then dealing with two first round picks, and eventually he'd be moved on very quickly to someone else, and they probably wouldn't get much back. For they might get a third round pick. I think they're best served to just give him a second year, see where they're at. But I right now I think Steelers will feel comfortable where they're at with him. I think they they've seen enough for him to think that they can put themselves in a position next year if they were to put players around him, and then they can really make a true evaluation a year out from now. 
Yeah, based on uh, NFL Tankathon, they went yesterday. I think from I think I looked at it last week, and they were hovering around the fourth overall pick. And actually, now they're out at twelve, thanks to that win yesterday, because there's just so many four and eight, four and seven teams. Uh, yeah, I think it's kind of awkward if they were any higher on the board because I I think Kenny Pickett could put up enough stats that maybe they are able to trade him. But yeah, it's, it's yeah. Look, it's going to be important to see how he plays over the next while because obviously he's going to be. Um, you know, he was a, the, the first quarterback off the board this year. It's just awkward because a lot of the poor teams aren't losing because of poor quarterback play. It's like like if the Cardinals are ahead of them, they're not picking a quarterback. If the Broncos will be ahead of them, they're not going to be picking a quarterback. I think that's what's going to make the draft so interesting. We'll talk about that more in the offseason. But one thing that, you know, the Cedars do time and time and time and time again in the draft is picking decent, really decent wide receivers. And George Pickens again showed last night that he is the future. I read a stat, I think it was from Next Gen Stats, saying that on the year, George Pickens has two of the top three most improbable catches by the Steelers this year. And look, that's not too difficult to say when, you know, they're receiving talent around him. But I do think that it shows that he is going to be the clear number one going forward that Deontay Johnson is a great guy to have at number two it obviously explains why Chase Claypool was so easily gotten rid of at the trade deadline but I suppose they went to him he his stats won't show it up I think he only had something like 57 yards but he they went to him for and I don't know he had a 35 yard gain with another highlight catch that he seems to be doing that like he you know if you finally are able to do something like best catch of the year it could be up there again he already has one on the season but more importantly on third and nine on that final well not the final drive their final touchdown drive um third and nine when you need someone to come up and make a play uh pickett went george pickens in an important spot and i just think that yeah it's you know, when you're talking about how do you build a team going forward, like we just talked about how the Colts, if we want to compare them to them, just can't get that wide receiver to really be a threat. And George Pickens, he was billed as going to be this player coming into the year and whatever, 11 games in now, I think he's definitely delivering. Yeah, he had a he had a bit of a slow start, but I think what we've seen over the course of the last four to five weeks is the potential is there and it's Consistent in terms of why the Steelers picked him. You know, just to and just to piggyback on what you're saying, they about key players in the game. You know, the third and nine, the additional play thereafter. He also went to him on the two point conversion, which made it 24 17. And if they don't get that, now I know obviously he could have went to any way in that particular drive. Sorry, not particular play, but the fact that he got it and put them in a, in a seven point uh, lead, and the, the whole mindset of the game could change very quickly thereafter in terms of the Colts if they're down by five, take a field goal. Then on that last drive, potentially be in a position just to kick a field goal to win the game. So again, another second in from him playing, it just shows again the trust that they have in them to be to be going to like these 50-50 jump balls now, that they're, they're comfortable if, if that's where we need to go to get the play, we'll go there. And he's over the course of the last month, he's really he's really shot out and, and again showing the, the talent which he had. When they were speaking so highly on last year, I mean there's many a team now in the league that would be looking at it going, why didn't we go for but like this is the this is the thing. Um, with every draft, and just to just to jump back on the draft again, talking about the Steelers in terms of going after the quarterback, there's quite a tr- few teams. I think McCall, I think definitely these three to have two first round picks next year. You refer to the Broncos, so the Broncos pick is gone as well because they have they've given that. Oh yeah, of course, yeah. Yes, yeah, so I think Seattle are picking a four or five right now, and you know with the Broncos pick, they're out of picture. There is there is other needy teams that have extra picks that will, you know, maybe jump over the Steelers to go and get a quarterback. But that's look, that's what comes in April. That's the the entertainment part, which we look forward to, when you know, in the lead up to a draft. But um, 
Yeah, look back to Pickens. Yeah, look, it, it is good to see that they have players there that like we're talking about regalvanizing offense next year. Like the players, well, like Ben Snell, who scored a touchdown nine minutes ago, 64 yards in a comeback game and a touchdown. He hasn't had a game like that since December 2020 when he went for 85 yards. I know it's not massive numbers, but like for a player that was started off so well, he's kind of been outshone and kind of overlooked because of the Harris being the first round pick last year. So again, just another player that's come into the fall, back to the form. Proven again last night that he's a valuable player in the red zone in particular over the last few years, but he just hasn't seemed to be getting the 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 plays and the snaps. So good to see him rebound. They've got players there, they just need to find the right balance going forward. We're an incredibly fickle bunch, Brian. The way if the Colts had won this, we say that they have a chance at the playoffs and now that we're saying that it's not even close. The Steelers win this and all of a sudden we're looking at silver linings that they're the same linings that have been there coming into the season. We said, oh, this is the reason they're doomed for the next five years. But yeah, so that's how it goes. Steelers come out of this with the win. Cold season, yeah, I'm going to say it's it's definitely over now. Next week on Monday Night Football, we actually have a good one. We have the Bucks versus the Saints. We all know how much Brady struggles against the Saints. And I think that we all expect the Tampa Bay to come out of the German game and the boy a different team and the Cleveland Browns shot them up. So that'd be an interesting one. But that was for next week. We'll keep on coming to you for the rest of the week. Brian, thanks for joining me today. Thank you, Mark.